What is going on, everybody? It's episode 101 of Pop Culture Crisis. My name is Brett. I'm here with my co-host. Introduce yourself, please. It's me, Mary. You might not recognize me. I'm wearing glasses. I look uh, like a totally different person, right? Flag on the play. Those are fake glasses, uh, which I take issue with. They're but, blue light blocking, Brett. They have a purpose. That it, it, she, that's the thing. She wears contacts underneath the <laughs> fake glasses. Her contacts don't block the blue light. They, what that, are you to do when uh, you're a young TikTok and Zoomer? Uh, apparently not. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm going to start wearing hearing aids for fashion. It's a fashion <laughs> accessory. Couldn't you do that anyways, though? Te technically, I could because I am deaf in my right ear. But the, the point still stands <laughs> that I think it's a ridiculous you practice. You slighted. I get it. Isn't I, it nice to have fashion trends that are practical, though? They serve a purpose? At least... I, at least they have lenses. Like she's not wearing like glasses frames that like are just the 3D empty. lenses from the movie theater that you pop the lenses out. That's what? even cooler. That's, That's what so everyone crazy. did in 2012. Is uh, that what they did in 2012? Mm -hmm. I guess it wasn't there. Me and <laughs> me and Hannah Claire were not there for. We were born in 2013. I wow. guess so. Uh, by the way, the 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 voice giving you fashion advice here and in, in talking with us is our guest host today. Introduce yourself, please. Hi, I'm Hannah Claire Brimlow. I'm a writer for TimCast.com. And at this point, basically a regular on the show. Yeah, I also like never say what my actual title is with TimCast anymore. Yes. I'm somewhere between like the head reporter and like the head writer. But uh, and, yeah, I'm, I'm often a guest here, so I never know what to say at this point. You're also head guest host. Oh my gosh, thanks. You're a VIP. Yes. I want it to be like, instead of head guest host, I want to be like, like varsity head, like the varsity captain of, <laughs> of, uh, uh, guests who appear on the show varsity captain hannah claire uh, of guest host my business card is gonna look so strange i'm very excited very long and hard to, hard to describe like i don't know what a varsity head of guest host is i have a long name i want a long title yep. no I, it's been um it's been a ball being on and i was really grateful you guys let me join this is the second week in a row i'm appearing three times i guess yep, well, eventually your listeners are gonna be like that's enough we're done with her or one day somebody else is gonna be like shane's gonna be on there like who is this guy i don't know who he is i don't trust people i don't know I will, bring hannah claire back i will say to anyone listening who's tired of hearing my voice initially brett said once a week every once in a while and it has slowly crept up so. i uh I, it was a bait and switch on my part a very clever very clever bait and switch that i pulled off <laughs> i think it just says that i'm the person in the office who's the most like i don't know gullible i was like yeah, once How a week. How about uh, interesting and reliable? It was once a week and for less than an hour. Brett felt very strongly in the beginning of this podcast that there were it did not go over an hour. Yeah. And then you're, at one you're point, in it for the long at one point he looked now. at me and was like, "Well, you normally go almost two hours," and I was like, "Sir, wait a minute, hold on." <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, it's been a ball. Thanks, yes. thanks again for having me back. Oddly, Just we've been pop culture crisis one hundred and one. We're about to school everyone. Yes. Yeah, I'm feeling really casual now. We, you guys have done a hundred episodes. I'm gonna <laughs> tell all the trade secrets. I still feel like I, I have a hard time like inching into like comfortable territory because every time I do an episode where I think it's gonna be great. I'm, I end up feeling like I do horrible. Like the episode's fine, but I feel like I do horrible on that episode. So I have to stay on guard and nervous and anxious all the time. Yeah, I feel my sometimes there's article or like I'll, I'll be researching something and I'll be like, this is so interesting. Mm -hmm. But then really you only get like four sentences out of it. And then you're sort of like, that was really all there was to say. I can't expand this into an actual article. And it's very heartbreaking when that happens. I feel I feel mm. for you sometimes when you get excited about a topic and I sit here and I'm like, what? I don't know who, what uh, universe of character. I uh, we I have to find my uh, middle ground for stuff like that. We've got a couple of those today where like I was like, we're going to talk about Thor, but I was like, I don't care. 
this trailer sucks. The trailer, I was like, I don't care. Like, I, I love the song. I don't care about anything else in it, and I don't care about. Natalie I love Portman. mythology. It's always been a disappointment to me that Thor as a character is not more interesting. But he, he should be. You know, I'm just like stodgy and old. Like none of this cartoon comic book stuff is like has really hit me yet a lot of it is more like i i feel like a an, a weird obligation to cover it because it is important to the culture of uh like there's a lot of people that love that stuff so i try to find an interesting way to go about it which we will do that today that'll be in podluck but we got a bunch of other stuff we're gonna talk about mac miller uh uh there's a some closure result uh um involving his case uh, the case of uh, the wrongful death or the of the dealer who uh, dealt him the the drugs that he got um, that caused his that caused his death. We've got a story about was originally going to be about Sonic, uh, Sonic Two, and the um, what I believe is like we're in this period of change right now where video game adaptations are going to be slowly taking over film adaptations due to the generations are changing right now. Uh, and I saw that through an article that was comparing the Rotten Tomatoes of Sonic to uh, Fantastic Beasts, which is uh, a, you know an, an older property. Uh, and then, but I turned it into something else that's even better, which is a Streets of Rage video game movie is being made, and I couldn't be more excited. We've got uh, Revolve Fest. Is it called Revolve Fest? Was that what it was actually called? You can sure just Festival called Revolve. to Fest if you'd like. Or was it just called Revolve? <laughs> Revolve is the well, name of it, the company, so yeah, their event is, is probably called. It is Revolve Fest, Fest yes. or Festival. Okay, so so you can make fun of me all you want, but that's I was right. I, I'm not making fun of you, Brett. Uh, I am a little bit. Yeah, yes, of course. <laughs> She's still angry. She has to Just be Just a respectful amount. Enough appropriate for the workplace. <laughs> all right, so we got that. We got Podluck. We got a bunch of other stuff. So if you guys are ready, let's just get into it. Yes, Let's do it. Okay. All right. So we've got the uh, topic is Mac Miller, drug dealer, gets 11 years in prison. So uh, this case is it's from 2018. And what happened was Mac Miller, uh, who's a very well known hip hop artist, and he passed away from an overdose of fentanyl laced, uh, was it, of uh, oxycotton or oxycodone and a mixture of cocaine fentanyl laced oxycodone and uh alcohol which is a very potent and very deadly combination if, especially if you do not know that there is fentanyl in the product you're using and me and mary have had this discussion before off air just about uh because of whether it's talking about my uh my sobriety my issues with past drug use uh discussing the legalities of drugs and, and how these things work in the world today uh, and in this case, it's, it was interesting to me that the 11 years felt light to me as far as a sentence. I, I didn't know what it, to compare it to. So I found another case of a more recent, like something around the same timeline of somebody else who got a sentence for somebody dying uh, of an OD relating to fentanyl laced uh, pills. Was this eleven years for manslaughter then? Uh, so we'll get. Let's just go start right into the article, and it says. So it says a man charged with supplying fentanyl-laced pills before Mac Miller's fatal 2018 overdose was sentenced to eleven <laughs> years and almost eleven years in prison on Monday. I don't know what almost is. If that means like ten and ten a half. years and eleven months. It yes. Says. Okay. So uh, at a hearing in a Los Angeles federal court, uh, U.S. District Judge Otis D. Wright sentenced Ryan Michael Rivas to ten years and eleven months in prison. The verdict comes six months after he reached an agreement with prosecutors to plead guilty to a single count of distribution of fentanyl. So it's not even necessarily for his death. Uh, likely they can't prove that uh, it, would, it would be harder to prove that he caused that death. I don't so know. There Was he dealing are, it knowingly? There are several men involved in this case. So I actually, if I'm getting, if I remember correctly, this man, Ryan Michael Reeves, is... Um, 
rem- there there was like a guy who procured the contaminated drugs and it's mm-hmm. unclear if he knew or didn't know if they were released fentanyl mm-hmm. who then sold them who to someone who sold them to Mac Miller. And all three of those, like all the steps in that link were brought on charges. Um, It's actually, I think irrelevant if he, I think he can speak to motivation if he knew or didn't know if there was fentanyl in the drugs, but you are still legally responsible for the death. Even if there's fentanyl. Uh, I think largely he is pled out on not, he's not being convicted of a murder charge or a manslaughter mm-hmm. charge because he reached a plea deal. It's probably in his agreement with the government. And I suspect in turn, he has given up information to prosecutors on like, who Supply else is going and, on? Yeah. yeah. It says, uh, it, this is from the other article from TMZ. It says, more importantly, he claimed he had no idea that the pills that he was supplying were counterfeit. Despite this, the judge seemed to have dished out an even-handed sentence, but not before hearing a statement from Mac Miller's mother, Karen Myers. Uh, it read, he would never knowingly take a pill with fentanyl, ever. Uh, <laughs> he wanted to live and he was excited about the future. The hole in my heart has always been there, will always be there. In other words, she insisted the alleged drug supply, uh, dealers and suppliers, in this case, were solely responsible for his parish. As we reported, Reeves was first arrested back in 2019 in Arizona when authorities say they found a bogus doctor's notepad from which he presumably filled prescriptions. They also claim they found firearms and drugs. That's uh, even more surprising that he's not getting weapons charges. It's all in the plea deal. Uh, it would have to be all pled you know like all into one like that's what's frustrating about plea deals from the outside is that like they are is usually a function for them in some ways like this is getting him into jail faster than if they went to trial like he would not cost the state less money right cost state less money um you know a number of different things like that our legal system has for a reason but it is interesting that like from the outside we don't get to be a part of the conversation that says like why this guy in particular got this deal right why isn't he being punished on anything else even like again one single charge seems kind of crazy which might explain why the judge was like Ah, well, I'm going to give you as much as I can on this sentence. So so just to keep track, Revis, uh, the alleged supplier, is the first of three men charged who's uh, received his sentence. Walter, the alleged runner, hasn't officially learned his fate yet. Neither is Pettit, uh, the alleged dealer. So those cases are both still pending. Mm -hmm. Uh, We'll probably, you know, uh, cover those when they come up through. But I found this article... Um, it says Silmar man pleads guilty to selling fentanyl that killed Camp Pendleton Marine uh, from the U.S. Department of Justice. Uh, a Silmar man was sentenced to at least two decades in federal prison after he pleaded guilty uh, on fr- it, it would pled guilty work to there. I, I'm just yes, I'm literally would. okay. Yeah. Uh, after he pleaded guilty on Friday to selling counterfeit oxycodone pills to a U.S. Marine at Camp Pendleton who later died of an overdose. Uh, Gustavo just Gis- uh, uh, Solis, uh, 25, pled, uh, pleaded guilty to charges of participating in a drug trafficking conspiracy and distribute in distributing fentanyl, resulting in death. So that's our much. Those seem to be much more pointed charges mm-hmm. than that of what happened with Mac Miller. And what I thought was interesting about this is there, there's the very clear thing that I saw was 20 year minimum. There was very much minimum sentences involved in this. Can minimum sentences be avoided if? involved with a plea or is minimum sentence only applicable obviously I, none of us here are lawyers like or is minimum sentence only applicable if you go to trial and lose uh no a minimum sentence is standard as far as i know in my coverage of crime that like it a judge considers the minimum sentence when handing down the deal right like a um an attorney general can say okay you committed this crime but for whatever reason we've decided that the best course of action is to offer you a plea deal and then you accept 
they can say we'll ask the judge for this in yeah. the terms but the judge then makes the decision right it's not into the two parties alone who are bartering this plea deal uh, the thing about the comparison case here is number one it sounds like solace was specifically the person who exchanged the cash for the pills with the marine yep. so he's one degree closer to the death whereas the man convicted in connection with mac, mac miller's death appears to have been removed by from my understanding of it it says that the 20-year sentence is the mandatory for the fentanyl charge mm -hmm. and potential life sentences for each drug charge mm -hmm. so it's uh it, like imagine having to but like the other guy this is a like distribution resulting in death like meaning he literally handed off the pills whereas yeah. that's not what's going on with the other guy yep. um again it's sad but and also like conspiracy charges i feel like tend to carry a little bit of weight um, and it speaks to the fact that it's part of a larger, um, you know, web that they're probably trying to take care of. Uh, it sounds more like the other guy was more narrowly involved in the case. Yeah. That's so, my, that's my theory at least. So 11 years, uh, just from your opinions, do you believe that this was a fair, a fair sentencing? I believe it was this, um, it's not okay for, for young people to be dying of, of overdoses like this like it reminded me of Lil Peep and yeah how this yeah. kept yep. happening over and over and over again especially in this era um Lil Peep happened the year before and then Mac Miller and I think Juice World at the same time and um, it's hard because it's so baked into the culture uh yeah, drug at, use is so baked into the culture I was surprised that his mother seemed so confident that he wasn't suicidal or didn't um at least uh have like some kind of suicidal ideation because i am reminded of um one of his last singles self-care where his, yep. in the music video he was literally just in a coffin getting buried um but that's that symbolic doesn't, doesn't i understand yeah like his art doesn't necessarily speak to exactly you know what he's thinking and um and his mental health but still like he he was doing a, a reckless behavior that yeah. led to his death. Not that he's at fault. No, no. He didn't know, but... For me, um, when I was going through the worst of my phases, it wasn't necessarily that I was suicidal, but I was so... Now, I, I, obviously, this is speaking to my experience, not mm -hmm. to his. I was so um, immersed in this world and so felt so hopelessly trapped within it, uh, within the... the word within that world of drug use that it wasn't so much that i was suicidal it was just but i i had accepted that that was probably how i was going to die like i had uh i had no desire to die but had some no way out of where i was and just kind of accepted that the right, path like i was on would, yes w that it would end up that way and i think that's a very common um train of thought for a lot of people in that world where like they don't want to die but they're so beaten down by what they've the drugs have done to them and I'm not speaking for him. I, I don't know his case, but yeah. I'm saying that it's very easy to fall into that pattern where you continue the self-destructive be behavior because it's too painful not to. What I would say is that his interest in committing suicide actually to me doesn't have any weight on what his mom said. His mom said that he would not have taken a drug knowingly take taken a drug yeah. laced with fentanyl people who take fentanyl aren't necessarily suicidal fentanyl from what i understand is cheaper than a lot of yep. other opioids that are out well that's there. why they cut it with that's, that's why they, they cut, cut it with it, it and that's why if you were to just buy it like if you are 
yep. you know, hooked on drugs and you don't have other options, it becomes more desirable and also yep. it benefits the dealer because you're more dependent. So her saying that he wouldn't have knowingly taken fentanyl to me speaks to the fact that like he does, I mean, he's a successful artist, right? He didn't yep. need to look for the bargain drug that and mm-hmm. that came with the risk. But you're always taking that risk when you're now that, that was what was scary about it for me. My uh, in the throes of my struggles, the best logic I could give you is that if you at the very least, if you're taking it prescription drugs, you know that you're getting a, uh, a curated dose every time and you're going to get uh, relatively the same potency every time you take it because it's federally regulated. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you're like, I never made the jump to needles or to heroin because I was too terrified of hotshot or uh, of an overdose and that because you don't know what it's cut with. But now with the uh, ease of, uh, with the continual access to fentanyl and the way it's being used to mass produce counterfeit drugs, you're taking just as big of a risk doing that now mm-hmm. as you would if you were to just, if you were just buying heroin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all of that is kind of terrifying uh, for people in this place because you know the the addicts, like we're, like you're not, like you don't have the ability to be discerning. You don't. You're you're a prisoner to to your to what you're going through, and you have to just take what you can get. Uh, and every time you do it, you're essentially you know it's essentially Russian roulette. Yeah. To go back to your like question of if this is a fair sentence, I'd want to look more carefully on. I think he's being sentenced in Arizona, right? Yes. Um, I'd want to see more carefully what their minimum sentencing requirements are. Generally, I feel like it's is yep. a good sentence. It is. It's. One of those things that, like, without knowledge of what's going on with the plea deal, it's very hard for me to comment on. And we probably won't ever know that. We'll probably never know. I am curious to see what happens with the other two men involved in the case. Yep. We'll, we will follow that closer. So I just think this is one of those things where, like, uh, we see a lot of... Uh, uh, we were we're, co- we're going to cover like some of Johnny Depp later uh, in Podluck, but there's a lot of the behavior that they're talking about in there all seems to be heavily connected to like binging and drug use, and it's just such a. Uh, we talked about it on IRL last night. <clears throat> uh, it got brought up by somebody else, and it, I realized halfway through that I'd brought it up like on any of the episodes that, that it had come up uh, on the episode, all, all three of the episodes that I'd done. And I'd never been the one to bring it up. It was just brought up. So it's like, it kind of makes you realize how widespread these types of problems actually are yeah. when three separate people come on the show. Um, and it didn't come up. I mean, Dallas didn't have anything to do with that, but it came up in the, in the realm of the conversation we were mm-hmm. having regarding someone else. So it's such a common thing for people to be going through that you could have a conversation with anyone at any given time and they'll have their story, whether because of them themselves or a family member, they're experiencing some of the fallout. From yeah. That. And what I would say personally is it's important for anyone who can to pay attention to the the lawsuits going on with big pharmaceutical companies that were involved in the spread of opioids in especially i mean to me it's like the appalachian region of america um because that really did open the door for anyone to traffic fentanyl into the u.s and have an incredible impact on you know everyday civilians so um it's worth keeping an eye on that and when you can advocate advocating for uh justice in that and if you wow. want to see uh, if we're if we're still talking pop culture and movies, there's a show that I don't have the uh, I don't have the stomach to watch because of like it's all those things are very much a trigger for me. There's a show called Dope Sick that covers it uh, quite well, from what I understand. So, Streets of Rage, Streets of Rage. Uh, I, I don't know if anybody here. I, I'm with uh, uh, two people who probably have never heard of this video game. It is a 
but I know that I've seen the artwork for it These, before. Okay, so the, when I first saw this, the, the point of this article was going to be that I was going to draw a comparison that I think that uh, comic book adaptations, though Marvel is doing well, seem to be on the wane. Uh, as far as their uh, uh, their uh, their marketability and popularity, the heavy hitters will remain heavy hitters, but there seems to be a law of diminishing returns at a certain point. But video game movies are going to hit their stride once somebody like uh, I read an article the other day that said how Sonic Two and Uncharted cracked the code on video game movies because for every Halo that we see that sucks, that's a TV show, uh, we could still luck you know if we're lucky get a, a movie adaptation of a game that does well. And what I found is like the ones that have the smallest amount of like uh, uh like not lore but like streets of rage was only like three main games uh in the in the 90s and then there's a couple of comic books based on it but it's not as super in-depth as something like halo or the last of us which is basically all cutscenes, right so, or there's a lot well, of cut all, but, but yeah. there's a lot of cutscenes that yeah. make up the lore it's very right narrative driven it's narrative driven so these games which are basically just fighting games great fighting <laughs> games uh but i will point out that streets of rage 2 is considered one of like the best video games ever uh and this is they came out between I think 91 and 95 or something like that. I, I think there might have been a fourth one, but I never played it. It would have been on later systems. But I compared these two between Sonic uh, and Streets of Rage because they're both Sega properties from that time period. So uh, things that were uh, great in the 90s, like fashion, are now becoming fashionable in movies and video games. So it says a movie based on uh, movies based on video games are nothing new, though they're much maligned by some. Many fondly remembers uh, remember movies from the '90s like Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, and Super Mario Brothers. All three of those are great movies if you're like uh, if you want to watch something ba so bad it's good. All three of those are fantastic. Actually, Mortal Kombat's just a, a fairly decent action movie. But the Street Fighter movie is literally so bad, you'll have the time of your life watching it. Uh, watching Jean-Claude Van Damme try to be like an, a U.S. Like with the, with the thickest accent you've ever heard. Like he's very clearly not a U.S. soldier. It's, it's, it's incredible. Um, so it says, however, with recent box office successes like that of Sonic the Hedgehog 2, they don't mention Uncharted, but Uncharted also did quite well. Uh, which had been had the best box office opening for a weekend video game movie ever. It is not surprising that studios are looking through the video game uh, video game aisle for their next theatrical hit. What is surprising <laughs> is that the latest game to receive a big screen adaptation is Streets of Rage, the 1991 Sega Genesis game about Wood Oak City police officers Adam Hunter, Axel Stone, and Blaze Fielding. By the way, all of those are incredible names, especially Axel uh, uh, Blaze Fielding and Axel Stone. Uh, might be the greatest names for a character ever. Like, uh, I would probably give it's my kid... It's kind of badass, yeah. yeah. so, like, if your name is Axel Stone, you probably have to go into law enforcement or become a bouncer <laughs> at a nightclub. Uh, <laughs> so it says, uh... It says, Mr. X's Electric Crime Syndicate, uh... Wait, it says, oh yeah, they're trying to defeat Mr. X's electric crime syndicate uh, that seems to consist of ninjas, punks, and sex workers. Does this not sound like the greatest thing ever that you could make into a movie? Uh, <laughs> uh, this was Sega's answer to Nintendo's side-scrolling beat-em-up Double Dragons, which was widely regarded as a hit. Ninja Gaiden is also very good. Uh, Streets of Rage eventually found its fair share of successes as the franchise spawned four games, three comic book series, one of which was written by Kick-Ass and Kingsman, the Secret Service creator Mark Millar. Mark Millar is very talented. Uh, and several acclaimed soundtracks in some circles. I like that they're like, it's a little niche, but people like the soundtracks. I, I would like to know what is on those. Uh, uh, the 
second game in the series is even regarded as one of the greatest video games of all time. And now that we keep having this discussion and talking about buying that game earlier, uh, I think I'm going to have my dad send my Sega and my awesome. N64 out here. Uh, when we were talking earlier, just as an aside, um, I was like, uh, I bought, uh, I decided to impulse purchase a video game that I put off buying for quite a while just because I didn't have the money to buy it before. But they, I bought Tony Hawk 3 for N64, oh which gosh. there That's was so funny. There wasn't a lot of like it was like one of the last. It was right at the tail end of the N64 run, mm -hmm. so it was a lot harder to find copies of it. So yes, I just that I impulse purchased that earlier. I said buy it earlier. I impulse bought. <laughs> I buy it. I I, I buy it. Uh, <laughs> You're really regressing. Yes, right I am. I, Going back in time. It's it's the show, man. It's it's driving me <laughs> nuts. Uh, the second okay, so it says uh, uh, despite its story having very little depth, a feature film adaptation is on the way, but the movie should be more focused on the kick-ass fight scenes rather than the complex plot. It seems like the project has found the perfect person to pen the script. So this is what I want this is what I meant. The less lore, the less yeah. backstory there is for the studios to F up, the better off they are making these adaptations. I, I agree. When, when, when their eventual, uh, you know, their creatives come and they're like, I want to put my spin on it. It will be less offensive to have them put their spin on Axel Stone uh, and the uh, sex worker uh, crime syndicate. Uh, than it is if there's 15 years of lore or 20 years of lore like Halo has, and then they just go around changing things that have nothing to do with the game. Do you think because it's the 90s they can use the word prostitute instead of sex worker? That's very of the moment. Yes, I'm hoping that they that they Maybe. use the word. Uh, they'll probably. <laughs> um, I mean, depends. How on vintage are we getting here? Yes. When you're converting a video game into a movie, you're taking a theoretically active piece of media to into a passive piece of media. Instead of like with comics and novels, you're doing passive to passive. And I think that could be a good thing, um, especially without the, all the lore. The The Last of Us thing is doomed. Yes, it from is. the start. I mean, to me, like they already screwed it up with the second one. But there's too much existing story yeah. that it was already pretty much a movie that you just like interacted with at some points dane uh, that's dane dane had more hope for it than we did he's he's i don't he's, know why he's less beat down <laughs> on on the idea than we were of like they're like i'm like he's already talking about making it his own don't character even get your oh hopes my up. god they're doing it again badass. now what they're one of the things about they're doing this is the guy in charge is Derek kolstad who created the john wick franchise which he built from nothing mm -hmm. and proves that if you want to be successful these days and you want to build something on your own you're going to hit you have you're gonna have more luck building on your own than trying to uh turn something that's already been done into another form of media like you said so if Derek kolstad is going to make it uh uh, very similar to John Wick, which is extremely visually uh, fanciful and brutal. Um, I don't know if you guys have had occasion to watch any of those movies, but... Um, I have not. Very, very brutal, very, very violent, which is right in line with what Streets of Rage would be. Uh, and very, uh, those movies, all three of them are, are known for their uh, heavily escalating levels of, of uh, gra graphic violence in each, like the fight scenes become mm -hmm. more and more elaborate in every movie my favorite part being like when he gets like a horse to just kick a dude in the head uh like it, it starts out as just you know just you know knife violence shooting people in that like half the movie is him shooting people in the head from ridiculous distances that you could never shoot somebody in the head with with a handgun mm -hmm. but it grows like all the set pieces become more and more 
over the top and that feels like that would be perfect for this type of kind of surrealist uh it's gritty and real but it's also like it's a guy named mr x who runs a crime syndicate how real can you really be uh so uh is this going to be a movie for kids or adult audiences? i mean colstead's probably it's, it, PG, my hope would be that they would make it rated r but i don't know if that's the put it this way there's no like like sonic gets a pg rating yeah. because there's still kids that love sonic mm-hmm. no kid that's no one growing up right now streets of rage gives a crap anymore, what, about yeah. streets of rage unless they were to make it into something <laughs> modern uh, did you call it a line game Is uh that it's what you it's, called it's it? uh, side scrolling but it's it's uh, yeah it's, it's uh so it's like mean? it means it's a single camera and you just follow them as they go the last one i remember of that is cuphead yeah I, but the um the rest of the games that are popular right now it seems like they're all these emotional yeah. stories yep. mainly about children it's i don't want like emotional lame. stories i just want to watch a guy named yeah, axel I... decapitate a bad guy and i appreciate that yes as desire, you describe yeah. this i'm kind of like picturing the like jason bourne movies I mean, yeah sort of like inner city what appears to be buff slightly taekwondo-ish figures yeah, that's the like it's like it's there's there's generic bad guys and there's ninjas why are they working together we have no idea because <laughs> it was the 90s it and was, ninjas ninjas were cool ninja turtle like why was there a band of, like the ninja turtles why was the foot clan a thing where they just got to be a bunch of ninjas who commit crimes nobody knows but it was a great you were time just, like, into it it was cool yeah, it reminds me of like the power rangers which like I know it's originally from like Japan or whatever, yeah. but like in the States, we were like, we got to leave that in for authenticity. And it never really made sense because no. we don't randomly have like I would love trained ninjas. ninjas running around. But as we should. No, I mean. But we should. We should. Yeah. I mean, make that a thing. It's a, so according to Deadline, Sonic the Hedgehog producer DJ2 Entertainment and escape artists of the Equalizer franchise have tapped Derek Colstead to write the upcoming adaptation of Streets of Rage while he will co-executive produce uh, the co-executive producer of Marvel's uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier and the writer of Bob Odenkirk's action film Nobody. Colstead is best known for creating the John Wick franchise, which uh, with a resume like that, the script, for, uh, the script for Streets of Rage couldn't be in better hands. Colstead can certainly hold his own when it comes to action movies he does a great job with taking a very small premise and fleshing it out with details in an effective meaningful and succinct way without bogging it down with off-the-wall action uh it, the action in the john wick franchise actually absolutely becomes more off the wall, off the wall but that's because the guy he worked with in that movie chad stahelski uh is a director but he came from stunt coordinator he was a stunt coordinator first and then became a director so you can see that the movies are designed around somebody who wants to make these incredible action set pieces that have very little cgi like one of the things the franchise is very known for is like very minimal cutting between camera angles so what they're seeing on screen is actually happening Mm -hmm. uh keanu reeves is like in his 50s and has to do like all these action scenes you feel awful for him because it's like how is he still in good enough shape to do that but but he is so i would like to see this movie uh get done and just be bloody violent and do not try to make it anything deeper than it needs to be just have a dude named axel going around and just killing bad guys because he's uh he leaves the police department i found uh I did find, because I, I was curious about, because I hadn't read the Mark Millar comics, I was curious as to like what that was about. It says, uh, the 2015 crossover game 
Oh no! Say okay. So, uh, three six-part series uh, based on the games uh, appeared in Son- in the Sonic the comic. That's another connection between the two. So, Sonic's comic book adaptation contained a Streets of Rage story. Mm-hmm. So you could compare the two there. So it says uh, in the early '90s, along with several other adaptations of the Sega franchises, the first two of these were written by Mark Millar, while the third was uh, with a poster was written by Nigel Kitching. Uh, these three stories alternately alternate continuity from the games and do not feature Adam. So. It's it says uh, the first story entitled simply Streets of Rage involved Axel, Blaze, and Max quitting the highly corrupt police force in order to do good as vigilantes, taking down Max's ex-partner, the crime lord and martial artist Hawk. I also like that you can be both a crime lord and a martial artist. That is good. It means you get a cool costume to go with your evilness, and that's, that's what we want. So it says, the next serial skate story introduced Skate's delinquent stepson of Murphy, a friend of Axel and his team, one of the few honest cops left in the force who was unwilling, uh, unwillingly drawn into joining Axel's group after his stepfather was killed by Mr. X. Uh, so these are all stories that have basic premises that you could take and then build upon that don't need to be insulting to the... the they'll probably gender swap a bunch of characters. Axel will probably be a girl who will right. be... I feel like the poster makes it look like they've got everyone we need right that's there's all a, you need there's a lady there's a regular looking guy and there's like look at, i don't want to make assumptions but mm, a person none of, of color. them look regular i wouldn't say that sure but they're all big and, and buff and awesome yeah. and that's what we want that's we, we we don't want normal looking people so <laughs> no more realistic body standards but we I'm, need extra buff men well that's what's one of the problems that i always have with when they talk about um in comics, first of all, the men are never, uh, you're never allowed to make, you're never allowed to insult the, the men can never be average looking. Yeah. It's always, they always have to have like a 12 pack, uh, and, and have muscles on muscles. Whereas the women, it can be like, these are unrealistic beauty standards. Like you think Superman is both what ways, you think you know? Superman looks like most dudes. Are you <laughs> kidding me? He's got muscles in places where literally no muscles can go. <laughs> but Do you know that there's data that says that on dating apps, fewer women use them. So, like as a result men who are considered more attractive often like match and pursue women who are considered less attractive because the female pool is smaller Mm -hmm. and i feel like that's sort of like what happens with our body positivity culture we're like we just don't have time to deal with how we treat men like it's really about women and the standards we have for them yep that's that's what it's all about That's how we measure beauty and it's kind of funny but sad at the same time so i don't want to see normal looking people playing these roles i want just steroid filled (laughs) Uh, is that a requirement for being cast yes they have to just cgi all of the muscles onto them we almost we never covered it but there was like this great article (laughs) where like uh nicholas cage said he gave up on playing ghost rider when like there was articles coming out saying he faked his abs in in ghost rider and he's like i give he's like i don't work out when i do my movies anymore they're just gonna lie about me anyways (laughs) So, if you had to be in a movie and you had the option of having CGI abs or real life abs, which would you do? Uh, you need to get real life abs and get them CGI enhanced. Yes, uh, that's yeah. You just you, you do the, the original. Deal. That you, wasn't my question. You would you be tempted to not both work hands. out at all just uh, because you could CGI it? That I'm kind of <laughs> you're gonna deep fake your abs. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's, that's what we'll do. It's an ethical question. It is not. I I I say I say just. Uh, Depends on how busy you are, right? How, how busy, 
do I have the time? Like the because actors. I really like snacks, so I don't really exactly. want to. I don't know if I can give up the snacks, but um, I am not uh, like Michael B. Jordan. Like does like or or like Cal uh, like Henry Cavill would always like they would release his workouts that he would do to get into shape for Superman. I'm like, how does he have enough time in the day? Well, the thing is, when your job is to look pretty and perfect, exactly, your workout becomes like you going to a staff call. You know, like and Marvel has like contracts, like they have to put on a certain amount of muscle mm -hmm. uh to be able to play that character it's the same thing in modeling i mean like there are requirements for how you wear your hair and like if you cut your hair all of a sudden your agency can drop you because it can That's mess insane. up with you how hard yeah mm -hmm. uh also maintaining your figure and your measurements and stuff yeah. like that i mean it's the same thing for actors it's just like we said before male actors are expected to have a very masculine body type most of the time yep. and uh that's not uh, sometimes that's true for women sometimes that's not we will see we'll see where this goes but i say streets of rage is a plus for me i'm giving it a thumbs up i want to see it when does it come out uh no this was just announced so no no they're just just that Derek so cole five said, years from now pro <laughs> probably about five years from now you're right if we're going based off of ezra miller's track record if it, well yeah well we, we gotta maybe hope that 10 10 we, years if we live that long if they don't long hire ezra miller Halo out of here? Like, <laughs> I have no idea. I that, feel like it, that's been in production. Halo was in, in, production in production for a long, long time. at least six years, I feel yeah. like. Uh, I don't know. That was uh, those are all production hell projects, though. Like where they've been trying to get it made. Like Uncharted that just came out. That was the same thing. They've been trying to get Uncharted made for ages, and it took forever. So did you go see it? We did. Did you like it? I no. I didn't. It, she see was. It. Uh, this was this was a while back. This is. Uh, it was I've good. Only I liked it a lot. I feel like it's Uncharted. still in the theaters. How it about? still is. How long do movies stay in the theaters for? Um, it, that's that varies depending on the studio. Does um, it depend on how well it's doing in the theater? Too? Uh, uh, like Spider Man was up for like seventeen or eighteen weeks. Mm -hmm. They left. They was still in there when it went to PVOD. But like, give me an average here, team. Like um, <laughs> two months, three months. Two months. Uh, I I don't want to say a number then be wrong, but it feels like two no, months. No, say a number and then be wrong. No, it's two a, months. Four to six weeks. Uh, I I know the Batman just <laughs> came out on um HBO Max today. Or today or yesterday. So, all right. We have a story about Revolve, which I almost we called do. Evolve. Uh, and this is a very special story because we have this article is from TimCast.com. And I'm, I'm like, who's that that wrote it? Who I is that person that I can't wrote tell. it? Uh, who's Mary Morgan? You wrote this one? Nice. I Welcome did. Yeah. Team. I didn't realize that. So, what's going to happen? It came up here? on the back Me end. Without glasses wrote it this. came up on, on the back end as Chris Carr, and I was like, oh, cool. Chris Carr's on the show sometimes. <laughs> so, what I'm going to do here is I'm going to attempt to capture Mary's essence while reading, and then eventually I will. Why don't you just have Mary read her own article? Uh, do you, I asked if she wanted me to try, try to, to capture the snark? I think I don't think I'm capable of capturing the snark, so I think I'll let you read it. Okay. <laughs> okay, so go ahead. Fast fashion retailer revolved through an exclusive Coachella adjacent festival at the Merv Griffin Estate in La Quinta, California for influencers the likes of Kendall Jenner, Post Malone, Jack Harlow, and Kim Kardashian over the weekend. The celebrity shindig full of luxury goodie bags and Instagram-worthy backdrops quickly turned into humanitarian disaster as a logistical mishap left a large portion of the star-studded guest lineup baking in the desert sun without food or water. Baking they were. <laughs> as agitated ticket holders awaited few and far between shuttles to the event under increasingly dire conditions psychological breakdowns and wild fights ensued in a crescendo of chaos reminiscent of lord of the flies so basically does anybody remember firefest 
Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. This is um, our very own influencer version of Firefest. Now being dubbed Fire 2.0. Firefest 2.0. So Revolve is that's uh, which who owns that one again? Who, who owns Revolve, the clothing company? I don't know. It, it, it doesn't have a parent company. It's just its own. Um, it wasn't retailer. one of the Jenners that it was. No, it no, wasn't no, no. The... It's an imp- independent. Like, okay. No, but they were promoting Kendall Jenner's tequila, tequila brand. Okay, that's what I was event. thinking of. They partner yeah. with a lot. I mean, like it's it's pretty popular and trendy right now. Um, they get. A, I mean, I know Vogue links links to them all the time. So do most fashion magazines. Okay, so yeah, uh, so they were holding their fests like five minutes away from Coachella, so that's why they thought it was an opportune time to invite a bunch of influencers over. And they overbooked the event by like what a thousand people just or accidental <laughs> like Panacon just... 2.0. Obviously, the VIP guests did not have to pay for tickets, but everyone else paid for two thousand dollar tickets to go to this, and then they didn't get in because of like capacity or something. Why would like you spend two thousand dollars excuse. On this? I, I don't know. Coachella I guess tickets. if you have $2,000 to just throw around on anything, but you're not relevant enough to get invited to it. Trying to launch your influencer career. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're rubbing you're rubbing elbows. Yeah, with, it's all with... about networking, right? Yeah. Well, and also you being able to get pretend like you got invited. You're like, thanks, right. Revolve, and Revolve is like, no, you paid us. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's... You also get the goodie bags, though. The gift suite. Do we think that the goodie bags were worth more than two thousand dollars <laughs> i don't know i mean you get a lot of free clothes from revolve so is, Re- is revolve like popular right now is it yeah. that they are okay so it says designated vip guests made it in time for photos by a stroke of good luck of course the statement concluded with the sincerest apologies to those impacted and a commitment to always strive to provide a great experience and do, do better, better. You you can no longer say do better in a tone <laughs> other than that. Whenever so, I think we had a segment on here recently where I said do better. Those words are just dead. Yes, they're dead to me. They are. So oh, this was uh, so it was Avery Bishop, right? Who I don't know. She's a TikToker. She's a TikToker. I didn't know her before this either, but she was there and she witnessed the catastrophe <laughs> go down in person. She said that the logistics were getting out of control. And yes. guests attempted to violently rush the shuttles. There was pushing, shoving, shouting, yanking people in front of the buses, people standing in between the buses while they were moving. <laughs> oh, by the way, tell everybody how far away that they the this bus it, had to travel. This was a mile away from the venue. <laughs> they were standing Stop. in an empty parking I... lot for hours. Hours. When they could have just walked, walked one mile. How how literally long like ten minutes. Ten minutes. These heels ain't made. These but, heels you know, ain't they made were for walking. Their stilettos. So I don't think. And that no they one could take their shoes that off. Distance. That would be crazy. No. Yeah. So that I think that might be my favorite part. All it's missing is like a, a plain ham sandwich <laughs> on a plain white plate. We were uh, joking about like Kim Kardashian in the parking lot eating like, like a, plain... a cheese sandwich with a mini water bottle, just like crouching down. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wild. As the festival was reaching capacity late Saturday afternoon, shuttle access to the venue was limited in order to remain in compliance with safety records. It just feels like really bad planning. To yeah, me. I think people don't realize that it is difficult to plan large scale events, and yeah, Revolve is a but fashion company. Just like, have enough people have enough employees yes have competent employees i think right that's what i'm saying like i think because they are a fashion brand their marketing team is like we can put together an event and like if you've worked with any serious event planners i don't know if either of you have i haven't like i used to work in fundraising and a couple other jobs that like had large-scale events and it is 
like no joke planning logistics for tens of thousands of people yeah. or several hundred people um you know i think a lot of people are talented and can like adapt to this but like it just sounds like they were like well we'll leave it open because you know whoever comes and people will come and go and like they just had no experience planning is this the first one the first revolve no it's annual <laughs> yeah like i i so whoever the you, new person but, in charge was and also fired. well tick or uh, coachella was canceled 2020 and reduced capacity if at all yeah they started the revolve fest in 2015 i believe mm -hmm. so then they must have stopped with covid and i feel like revolve has gotten bigger in the past couple of years i mean i really think that they, they just hired a bunch of people who hadn't done this before mm -hmm. and, and then it turned out i like think we're, I, I don't know what the numbers are on coachella but it's like the first full year back from what i understand like maybe they didn't realize how many people would be willing to come uh because it's you know I'm not saying they oversold excuse, by like, a lot. It's just ridiculous. There's one more part from your article that we're going to use to lead into the, the Daily Mail one, which it says, uh, on Twitter, users quipped, the Revolve Fest stories are giving me life. The amount of deflated influencer egos after the weekend, LOL. Uh, so you gotta love it. The, the, yes, you, you like. Um, I kind of feel bad for them because you know. No, like, it's, you I know. feel bad for the people. Well, I sort of feel bad for the people who spent two thousand dollars. Although you should have pulled it together and been like, "This is too much for this kind of event." Um, but they were gonna rub elbows with Kim K. You don't get it. Like I don't. I really don't. A, get once it. in a lifetime opportunity, and Kim K. will notice you and fall in <laughs> love with you. And I'm sure all the uh, business cards you hand out will totally net you calls from from those celebrities. As a professional line. TikToker, do you have business cards? Is that something? No, but maybe one day that would be and a good I, idea. I'll go to Revolve Fest and hand them out. Well, I mean, uh, that would be something that Gen Z would do. They'd be like, let's bring back something really vintage, <laughs> like business cards. I saw this tweet the other day that was like two girls asked me if they could take a picture if I could take a picture of them and I said sure and then they very carefully explained to me how to use a disposable digital camera <laughs> and I was like I was here when this dark magic was invented <laughs> <laughs> like that's what I feel they like must have thought you were a zoomer then it wasn't me it was like a tweet I don't interact with people oh. outside this office but um no I think that like this whole thing is like a level of unprofessionalism on Revolve's part. I mean, I think the clear thing is like they they clearly knew there was a capacity because that's why they limited shuttles, right? And yet they somehow failed to <laughs> restrict their ticket sales. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes people will oversell by a certain percentage of tickets because they expect some people not to show up. But in this case, like... But not to this degree. It just seems like yeah. completely inept. Whoever's behind this... I don't like to advocate for this, but maybe should get fired. Or or give her a different job. Like, is there like an overbooking department you could hire them for? I don't know. Uh, so here's it says, does anybody feel sorry for them? Probably not. Whining influencers mocked online after star-studded $2,000 ticket Revolve Festival descends into Hunger Games-style chaos when shuttles go awry. <laughs> so it's just got a bunch of tweets. I will say I feel like FryFest was worse than this weren't they like on an island oh yeah yeah it was worse and tanacon was worse astral is obviously way worse. worse yeah it's just kind of crazy that like anyone of the influencers i don't know i i don't understand why this event would be fun to go to in some respects too because like coachella Networking. coachella is like the music and stuff like they're going to what take a bunch of pictures and then yeah it's mainly photo ops and okay like and getting... that's i guess part of your career if you're an influencer like i get mm -hmm. that i just like I, I, well if you're unhappy there you walk the mile back like i guess that's the real clincher like 
it's not like they were on an island or 12 mm-hmm. miles from the nearest city or whatever. Like they could have literally just called an Uber. Yeah. Yeah. I also had no idea that Firefest was spelled with a Y. I didn't know that. Before Are I you a hundred years well, old? Now no, you just know. Firefest. You know, Why didn't they call an Uber? These people have money, I'm or, sure. They, wow. were, they were hoping. They were hoping against hope that they would get on one of those shuttles. Because the shuttles were it. super cool. I heard they looked exactly just like buses. <laughs> <laughs> Influencers dubbed Foot Revolve Festival Firefest 2.0 following chaos on Coachella weekend. What a pity! Does anybody feel sorry for them? Probably not. Might buy something from Revolve just because they made a bunch of influencers stand outside for six hours. (laughs) Current favorite activity is seeing all the Revolve Festival girlies dreamy curated content and then going to their spam to to get the tea on how they really feel. (laughs) (laughs) No idea what Revolve Festival is, but I see the phrase influencers uh, influences stranded and I need to know everything. It's sad but fascinating that the influencers here spend their time looking like they have a good time, but instead of actually having a good time, yeah. that's exactly what their job is. Their job is to. There was an article that I was looking at today. It wasn't really super relevant, but it was about how uh, Takashi Six Nine uh, was like tell, talking to a judge about like uh, how he's broke, and he's like, "The money in my videos is fake." Like when, it, like you know, like is the, he actually he broke? He says he's broke. Uh, I don't know if he actually is. But, By what standard? But he's like saying he's like, well, like when we make the music videos where I'm throwing money around, it's not real money; it's fake money. That's that seems a, yeah, realistic, dude. though, actually. Well, yeah, it's it's uh, that's uh, I don't know if he I don't know if uh, he would have access to like a prop department with with fake money. But I you do can order fake money on Amazon. Yeah. But I do love the idea that uh, that's really what being an influencer is. Like we saw that it earlier. It's about appearing to have a good time. Yeah, yeah you, you can't actually you you're too busy making sure it looks like you have a good time to actually have a good time. That would be uh, less organic. It would be more organic, but less uh, camera friendly. Yeah. Because uh, if you were actually having a good time, you wouldn't need to record it and, and, and use it for influence. I you know just- that um, there are even people who get hired to attend parties and act like they got invited there and have a good time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, that's the handsome like person a at a party thing. thing there. And also, like, now non-influencers are just imitating it. Yep. Hopefully that will it will manifest influencer status on them, <laughs> but the people who get hired at parties like they'll like uh, like a lot of times they'll be hired at like uh, when they're doing like silent auctions and they encourage people to bid on stuff like that. That's like a that's like a job for people at yeah. those those agencies. So uh, I all I all I can say is that I am very glad that I was not at Revolve. What what I don't want you to. did not want to be at Revolve Fest. Handing you guys... out pop culture crisis business. Cards. Yeah, I'm sorry. Do you not like our podcast? That's that's a that's a fantastic idea. That's uh, a fantastic idea. What if Are you, you guys... like made a fest for whatever? Like we do a crisis fest, and then it's actually the <laughs> it's just actually a crisis. <laughs> yeah, like we're actually and then we're dying. on brand. If it goes smoothly, good. But <laughs> if there's something Great. goes yeah. wrong, Remember. we're okay. Really, they just take the wrong. <laughs> we're not thing. in a pop culture crisis anymore. They... We're in a humanitarian <laughs> crisis. They... Could have had a revolving door at the beginning and be like, you gotta, you gotta go in and get out. Everyone has oh, to keep I moving. Love that keep gimmick. the crowd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just didn't think about it properly to be able to give themselves any deniability. Like, yeah. come on, revolve. Yeah. I'm here to be hired as your marketing crisis manager. What's up, my crisis actors? <laughs> that's what uh, that's what fans of this show are called, crisis actors. I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah. That's so funny. No, that's what I call them. I, I don't. No, I, I want to call them that too. Yes, it's cool. Wait, that... you just presented to me like it was real. That's... No, it's not no, real. It is real. I mean, if that's what you call them. How is it not real? I well, because nobody as you actually have says that. It's real according to us. In my mind, it is real so if you are a fan of the show you are officially a crisis actor 
Oh my it's gosh. set in stone that is right so here and now. Let it be known. Yes. <laughs> that's like, that's what I call them. I was like, well, this is your podcast. So if you yeah, I don't really that. call them that. I just said it'd be clever if that's what they were called. Well, I, but, I do. Uh, in I, my yeah. mind, I've been calling them that for months, says Brett. But yes. it's not real. But it seems real. <laughs> I'm being, I'm, I'm being more tepid about it than than i should be yes you are all Brett's scared that you guys will not like his name so if you like the name crisis no i know they'll like the name the name is fantastic yeah I, comment one if you want to be a crisis actor <laughs> and, and if you two, don't don't comment don't. at all okay if you don't then block us <laughs> that's like all those pages like like for uh, if you don't like it just go ahead and send us some money via patreon i'll set up privately yes. i'm just kidding yep. <laughs> so i like it crisis actors it's, it's like all those pages like like for so-and-so and ignore for this person so they like it's like emotionally blackmailing you into liking a post because like oh, I, I hate that person that's the second name i'm not gonna leave it alone so yes uh do you guys dislike things on channels i feel like i don't do that i i've never i don't know if i've ever hit they dis- remove dislikes so what does it matter anymore from yeah. what platform youtube from youtube yeah and i disliked every youtube rewind but that was pretty much it <laughs> well that that's just acting on principle. that's excusable yeah yeah you're you're, you're just acting. we were on fighting principle. the good fight yep that's uh nobody liked nobody liked <laughs> the rewind that's why they that's why they abandoned it hey did you get your tiktok back i forgot to ask haven't gotten it back yet <gasps> an appeal i don't know if it's gonna work but we're the, trying here. Uh, if you guys, for those who are listening, if you could see the sadness on her face right now. Yeah. It is, it is kind, very sad. Kind of a it's, hopeless cause. It's a like, humanitarian crisis to... <laughs> it is a humanitarian <laughs> crisis, a, yes. a Gen Z TikToker who's no longer allowed to TikTok. Like, I just don't understand. Let me TikTok. Yeah. Like... <laughs> I don't know what the verbiage for your profession is, but I like being well, able to say the word TikTok. One who as, TikToks. As the syntax of TikToker means that TikTok is a verb, so... What is a TikTok? Well, it's like one who TikToks. Yes, yeah. I TikTok. Like it's be- like let me TikTok. It's beyond just like you create TikTok. <laughs> That's my content. vocation. Yeah, <laughs> TikToking is a lifestyle as well as and not everyone idea. has to understand it, but that's who I am. It's my Sometimes art. I want you to. I want to be like Mary, teach me how to TikTok, and then other times I feel like if I say that out loud, I'm a hundred years old. Also, <laughs> I think I you just became a hundred years old just by saying it out loud. Also, I'm not very like consistent on my social media platforms so i probably should master the ones i have before i branch yeah. out into new things you're trying to move to to an advanced level you're you're Start double black instagram then you can graduate to tiktok yeah eventually you're trying to go from bunny hill to double black diamond that doesn't work <laughs> the thing is i want to use social media in an effective way and also never give out any personal information so it's sort of struggle. it's possible it is possible okay well you should teach a course Oh yeah. yeah. It's coming soon, everyone. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Pod luck. Stop hiring out my new social media manager. <laughs> There's nothing for her to do. I never post anything. <laughs> eventually. Eventually. Yeah. No, this week I'll do better, maybe. Maybe. Do better. No promises. Do Me and Revolve, we're all doing better. <laughs> all right. Pod luck. All right. So fans amazed at how jacked Natalie Portman is in Thor Love and Thunder trailer. Mm-hmm. Because right, women can be jacked, right? That, that is, that's fine. Uh, I'm going to say that I hate everything about this trailer. It is boring. Uh, they, they, it's very clearly done as a way of like, it feels like a bait and switch. Like they put the Guardians of the Galaxy in it and they're probably not going to be in the movie for very long. It was like the lamest trailer ever. It's so boring. I, Kim, not well, engaging at I all. I sort of feel like the headline fans are amazed about how Jack Nolly Portman is, is an indication that this trailer is boring. If that's the only thing you can that's come the away takeaway, with. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the- she could have also just like been snapped by the paparazzi and we would have been like, whoa, she's really put on some muscle. Like, 
They, they could have just said that she looks make, stronger. I feel like it's wrong to, to call make, a woman jacked. They didn't need to make a multi-million dollar movie for, for Natalie Portman to put on. I guess they did. That's the only motivation she yeah. had. So if she, you were, what? oh, wait, what if it's CGI muscle? Yeah, that, I was thinking. It could be. So the, basically, this is uh, Jane Foster as Thor is based on a comic run that I never I never read. I don't care about. I don't care. I hate it when they when they treat every character as a mantle. That you can pass rather than it being that person. Spider-Man uh, is is a mantle. It can also be Miles Morales. Uh, any you know, Captain America is not just a, it's not just um, Steve Rogers. It can be uh, Bucky or it can be Sam Wilson. It's a mantle. No, it is not a mantle. It shouldn't be a mantle. It should be that person, especially since Thor is actually based on. Uh, mythology right so it should not be a mantle but of course it's 2022 and for the last five years uh seven years if you count i guess really since ghostbusters 2016 six or seven years uh everything has to be like taken away from the the male characters and made female which is stupid because you could just make better female if you want to do a character like that and just make a female version of that but make it something else you could do that but when you eventually uh gender swap for something like this and then literally put it in the name nobody's gonna want that are no you proposing that hollywood stop making remakes brett i'm proposing How that they stop you? changing That's the characters all they can do it is all they can do so it says uh given that the fit says after the first trailer for Thor Love and Thunder was released yesterday. Fans have been queuing up to mention how Jack Natalie Portman Natalie Portman looks. You can have a look at Portman's transformation by watching the trailer below. Basically, there's this funny picture that came out when they announced her coming back to the series because she was Thor's uh, love interest in the first two movies, and she could not have looked less interested if she was taking like a calculus test with the flu. Uh, like, like she looked like she didn't want to be there. It was not the role for her. Natalie Portman is a fantastic actress. Uh, V for Vendetta is one of my favorite movies of all time. But the point is that she didn't really work. She was a damsel in distress character. But here's the problem. In today's society, you can't have a woman, no offense to, to, uh, you're not allowed to have the woman just be rescued by a guy because strong, independent. She can rescue herself. She can rescue herself. Did you see that tweet from... But what if she doesn't want to? Did you see that tweet from... They don't... Like, wouldn't, histor wouldn't the historical precedent be that most d don't have fantasies about that? They would have the fantasy about being saved? What is the, the correlation? Like, men on a plane uh, imagine that, the that they're going to stop a hijacker from stealing the plane. Women uh, fantasize about protecting the, the, the children. Uh, so, like, like, there's corollaries between... Uh, biology, sex, and like what we are predisposed to growing up, and they what they keep wanting to go against it when they make these movies. And I'm just asking, who's this for? Who's this for? I think it, they were tired of seeing Natalie Portman so skinny. They're like, girl, you got to put on some muscle. They, Let's make a multi-million dollar movie to make this happen. When they brought her out on stage to do like the the promotion when they announced her for this movie. She was she first of all she's like four foot eleven and and her arms were Natalie like Portman this, who was in the Black Swan right yes uh so, and her arms were like this big and she like tries to lift like a styrofoam hammer and like can barely pick it up so I will give her credit for like going to the gym and doing her job and getting into I guess more uh I want to know now if it's CGI has anyone seen her in the wild with these you muscles? never know I mean they don't have to has anyone that. seen her in the wild with these muscles. So uh, I, I have ignoring not. That's ignoring my conspiracy theory. Haven't. Um, so basically, so they, do we actually know that she's have Jack? Have we seen Natalie Portman and her muscles in the same room we at the not. same time? <laughs> That's what I'm asking. I, don't, I haven't. So the somebody Jane... prove me wrong. I'll buy that she's actually Jack. Right now, I think it's CGI. Now that this concept of having <laughs> fake muscles 
computered onto someone, computered onto someone. Computer. <laughs> that that might be the boomerest term ever. Could you computer that on there somewhere? I would like not helping your case right now. Now whenever like I'm gonna be like I'm gonna computer you a message later. And I'm going to I'm gonna I'm gonna computer you like I'm gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be what I mean it's email, but I'm gonna say I'm gonna computer that over to you. Be it could up. be an email, it could be Slack, it could be a text, you could be inst- Instagram messaging me. Mm. I'll just say computer. But I, I stand by, I actually don't believe she has muscles. I'm starting that conspiracy theory now. I haven't seen it in the wild. Bring no hate up. to you, Natalie Portman. Look, Loved you and Leon the professional. I think that... I, he was like two. I, <laughs> I respect you for not conforming the, to these feminist body standards with giant <laughs> muscles. Brett is looking at Mary so proudly because he knew... That she's seen Leon the professional. Yeah. <laughs> I just want you guys to know that Brett is like incredibly impressed. It's it's very ironic because in that movie there was this man who came into her life and became this like father figure hero for her, and now she's like she's her own father girl figure. boss. Did you it see, sucks. Did, did you see the tweet from uh from um what's her name the really crazy Alyssa Milano? She's like we need to stop this dangerous uh the dangerous practice of telling men when they leave the, to tell the boys of the house to take care of your mother while I'm gone. Right, because no, taking women, care of women is ha- bad. Hard disagree. Way <laughs> swerve. No, uh, no. Yeah, it says, fans have long decried the MCU's treatment of its female love interest, particularly Jane Foster, who was made out to be the epitome uh, of, uh, of a helpless female in need of saving. Thor is a god from another planet. She is a human being. You, who, uh, so this is anti-religion. I see. Uh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, I, I just I just don't care anymore. Also, they they I also like that they put. Uh, there's the article from Tessa Thompson, who sucks. No offense to Tessa Thompson, but she, she sucks. Uh, In case you were wondering, Tessa. Uh, that like <laughs> sorry, Tessa. They talk like they she, they're calling her King Valkyrie because of course because because 2022 because. That's almost insulting, though. But uh, the character is LGBTQIA+, so King Valkyrie, whatever uh, that means. I don't know what that means. I don't care. I, I'm just, this is why I didn't make a full topic about this. I just don't care. I, I, I'm i v- vaguely excited to see th- uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which, by the way, is projecting at, like, a $170 million opening. So mm. that's clearly not going to struggle, which is uh, hard. It says between 170 and $205 million domestically, but I just don't care about Thor. Like, Thor needs to like it, it, either let the dude make the movie on his own and not be surrounded by a bunch of people or just use him in other movies if they're not going to let him actually be front and center of his own movie can yeah. i uh just say that i looked up natalie portman at the 2022 oscars which was what last month mm-hmm. she does not look muscly to me the she movie, wasn't flexing it, though okay. oh i'm sorry okay. <laughs> also her dress i do have to say is gorgeous beautifully draped green dress but <laughs> She does not look so you're muscly. saying it's CGI. I think it is. You're making right? the claim. It's I, it's I, also proof that there's this weird I'm just gonna add some fuel to my conspiracy fire, which I have started right here. <laughs> there's a weird disconnect, dude, where they're like they're they in in their in their when they wear their gowns to these events, you know, they're all happy to be very feminine and and embrace oh, feminine yeah. traits. But when they're making the movies, they have to embrace masculine traits and it makes no freaking sense. And I'm over it. Well their characters are feminist, uh, but they themselves are subjected to the patriarchy. Also, uh it's also very plausible that depending on when they film that she could have lost that muscle time yeah it sort of looks like she her arms this sounds horrible and i don't mean it this way but they look maybe like more f- larger than normal but not in an unflattering way yeah. Cause she's just so petite and dainty generally but again like i am not seeing 
her as jacked in this mm. photo. She looks great. I would not have said she was a particularly jacked person. Before we finish this topic and move on to the next one, I just want to say I challenge these studios to just make a movie not talking about because there's this part about Tessa Thompson and the Valkyrie's sexuality. Just make a movie not talking about anybody's sexuality of any kind, whether it's gay, straight, uh, any of that. When we talk about the contents of their the, character? Of the movie, yeah. What are you talking about? Or just like weird gender role reversal themes for no reason that nobody likes. <laughs> like all of the comments on that trailer reflected that no one was excited about it. They just, I mean, the only positive comments I saw were mainly like, Love the soundtrack. Yep. And then all of the rest of them were just like, great, they're going to make Thor um, the blundering idiot male. Yeah. And then she's going to come in and save the day. So I just I just challenge them, like, maybe it doesn't have to be anything. To, why are people so obsessed with who other people sleep with? Just make a good movie based on a story that you want to tell. Thing. We're not obsessed with it. It is getting imposed on but us. But the thing, why are, not why us, are the creators why are they, of films? Why are they so obsessed with it? Well, why, why does it matter who Valkyrie sleeps with? Why does it matter who Thor sleeps with if they're not doing the, the storyline with Jane Foster anymore? If it's not essential to the plot, leave it out. Yeah. It's not necessary. Okay, Johnny, Johnny Depp, <clears throat> Johnny Depp and Amber Heard try. So he's he's taking the stand today, uh, and I yep. can literally see the desire on Mary's face to go to the courtroom and ask Johnny Depp questions. I thought for our hundredth yeah. episode we were going on a field trip to this. I don't yeah, understand like what happened, Brett. I don't know what happened there, but well, wah, didn't wah, pan wah, out. Wah, Can we get wah, grounded? Wah, Why wah, did you not? It's okay. Yeah. We have we have like four or five weeks left to go to so. go isn't that crazy this is gonna go on right for yeah. so long there are murder trials that take half the time i guess it's more concrete in some ways like financially so one of the things that i thought was it was interesting that so depp had a witness this is a a, a little bit older news depp had a witness that was removed because the the witness admitted that they like watched the trial on or watched the stuff on tv or were following, they were following the case. I love the idea that pretty much everyone has to lie because I don't buy that anybody doesn't not that n other than like maybe like really old people who the hell doesn't know that this is going on. Like, I mean, just or who they are. Like, how do you not be influenced by this in some way? Yeah, I think there are a lot of people who aren't following it that closely, but like it's been going on for what? I mean, a couple of years now between the, the sun, the sun lawsuit. I feel like it was a long time coming. Yeah. So in some ways, like, it, it's it's almost impossible to find someone who hasn't come in contact with it in any way in any capacity so the depp has the witness that's removed for uh admitting that or whatever and then it says amber heard had her closest journalist friend sitting front and center with her legal team at the trial live tweeting texting and posting information eve barlow seems to think she's part of amber's legal team depp's lawyers finally had enough uh had enough and had her barred from the courtroom so this was uh leading into this one and then today confirms my story that i told you guys about the other day it says johnny depp here's the Here's the straight poop claiming uh, claims Amber Heard or friend crapped in his bed and it's complete awesome. with pictures. Uh, there are photos. I do love the idea, however, that Amber Heard bl bl blamed their Yorkshire Terrier, their dog. Uh, and, and there's like literally like a, like, a back on. and forth uh, about that. The, the And it was covered by blankets. <laughs> like so that he would get in and not know. Yes. It says, uh, it says so he would lay in it, not knowing at first. Yep. It says we're told the housekeeper called Depp the next morning and told him someone had crapped on his side of the bed and then put covers over it. He <laughs> thinks Amber wanted him to unsuspectingly hop into the bed and hit poop. 
I think my favorite part about this though is that he thinks it's like her or a friend. I do like the idea that Amber Heard has like a ride or die friend that likes her enough that she would do that. I guess she or he would do this enough. Would do this for her. And I also have now hereby. Um, it is no longer she. It's hurting the bed. It's not yeah, shooting the bed anymore. The bed is the it's new term. Hurting the bed. It's okay. hurting the bed. That, that's what you will call that from from now on. But I like you know everyone should aspire uh, to have a friend who likes you enough to be like Amber Heard's friend who would crap in your ex's bed. I'm looking at the picture to make right a point. now. That's no, that is not from that's, a terrier. That's the thing. Like if you have a friend who is like, hey, I'm breaking up with someone. Could you please go, like, poop in their bed? <laughs> like, you're just like, you, yeah. You look at them like, and be what? like. I am sad you're going through something hard, but that's deranged. Please never ask me that again. Like, and please seek the fact help. That also, you had a friend who was like, "Yeah, yeah, this seems like a reasonable, totally normal thing to do." Like, I, I understand what you're saying. Like, <laughs> that is a level of friendship. On the other hand, that's such a level of deranged miscalculation and poor judgment. Like, no, it's incredible. It's incredible. So it says, uh, "I remember that they were looking for his finger." When it got cut off, and there's still all of this, uh, like this speculation as to what caused it. One person said that it was, that heard through a vodka bottle at her husband, and another says that uh, Depp injured his finger by slamming it with a phone. Uh, I don't know how slamming it with a phone cuts it off, but I guess yeah. maybe it was like a rotary phone, or like then... if your iPhone has like broken, broken glass. glass. Yeah. Oh yeah, those little pieces of glass when a, when a phone screen ba- breaks are bad. So it says person who was like i remember looking for his figure his finger downstairs some of it however the way they describe it uh absolutely felt like uh when they're talking about how her herd claims that it has more to do with like drug like him being on a drug bender uh and that they were just really bad for each other it says more than a week after his emergency they're talking about his finger incident says uh his emergency visit to the hospital Depp texted kipper that's his private doctor thank you for everything i've chopped off my left finger as a reminder that i should never cut my finger off again i love you so that's kind of like an admission that he did it to himself he says i have cut my but then he says what a strange thing to say heard has denied inflicting the injury on Depp and claimed that the crybaby star <laughs> Uh, they put in quotes crybaby is that was it was he in something called crybaby Crybaby's a uh, uh john waters movie it's great okay that's an incredible because she called him a crybaby in a, in a past oh, article wow. and i wasn't sure if they were referring that's to poetic. a movie yeah he's like a teenage like heartthrob who like can shed one single tear and all these girls fall in love with him it's hilarious so it says they said the crybaby so hurt his finger after a wild three-day drug bender on the three uh on the third day of johnny staying awake without sleeping i came downstairs to find him to find numerous messages johnny had written to me around the house on the walls and on my clothes written in a combination of oil paint and the blood from his broken and severed finger johnny also urinated all over the house the actress said in a previous statement so the point of it is is it's all insane and it's all nuts and i don't know who of those that i i they're both celebrities i don't know if i believe i don't really believe either of them more than one another i think she has proven that she's getting far more preferential treatment given their mutually awful behavior but she is getting it currently or she has gotten in she's past. gotten she's not i being, think in the past she's not being removed from people her, aren't really on her side anymore. not about the people i'm saying from the businesses she's not being removed from her right, movies yeah. her career hasn't i mean i don't he know had if her a greater career, loss yeah i don't know if her career is taking the hit uh the way his has it says uh it was a point of pride for her that if she felt disrespected to initiate a fight the therapist said of heard heard would also rather be in a fight with Depp than see him leave and would strike him to keep him there wow like if it was male pronouns if he he would rather be in a fight than watch her leave 
he would strike her to keep her there. Like we would all be like, why are you, why are you making me, why are you making me do this to you? That's what it sounds like to me. Why, why are you making me do this to you? I don't want to do this to you. That that's evil, dude. It's evil. All right. Kim Kardashian visibly annoyed by sex tape comments during a jury selection. This is just for one paragraph. And I just, so there she's, uh, they're in court right now with black, uh, black China over the, what was that? Uh, what was the point of that case? Was that it's a defamation, defamation trial. case or something like that? It says page. Uh, so it says, uh, one, so it says page six was inside the Los Angeles superior court. When Kardashian Jenner's attorney, Michael Rhodes asked a group of potential jurors, if they had strong positive or negative feelings towards reality television, one potential juror, a man who appeared to be in his late fifties or sixties, in his 50s or 60s, claimed that he'd never watched Keeping Up Up with the Kardashians, but noted, I have watched the Kim Kardashian sex tape, and I don't think I can be impartial on this case. The response elicited a roar of laughter from other potential jurors in the audience. After the remark, Khloe Kardashian was seen fixing Kim's long, dark locks as if to comfort her sister. I don't blame her. I imagine that is, uh, you know... I mean, she's I'm laughing. Sorry, that's hilarious. But, uh, I mean, I get... <laughs> I, I totally understand why she may not like that comment, but I think we've talked about this before. Yep. These are the consequences of your actions. And right? she's also been bringing it up to the public yep. recently. So she's to bringing protect it her back children. to mind yep. on her show. Mm-hmm. I just, I thought that was like, uh, she said like, it, it's coming back. The, the, the sex tape has been in the news more lately than it has in like 10 years. Mm-hmm. Like, it's coming back to haunt me, but she, I'm talking about it on my TV show. It doesn't make any sense, which, by the way, is premiering very soon or has premiered just now. What if she yelled yeah. that in the courtroom? She goes, and if you want to know more about that story, go, go check out Hulu. Hulu. Yeah, I don't understand why, like, this, I mean, maybe this is, the, or they can't talk about it on the show, but, like, I would have been interested if they had been like, oh, yeah, we have, like, litigation coming up against someone who is actually a former romantic partner of our brother and also of one of our sister's exes and also mm. she's the mother of one of our children's cousins mm. like she's black china is weirdly involved with their family like mm-hmm. it's interesting that this is the the case that's going on and yet the whole promo doesn't include it yeah chris jenner 66 then shook her head after the same man reiterated to the judge that it would be difficult for him to serve as a juror because he would be replaying that sex tape over and over again in his head it's not right. kind of creepy though that's weird but it is a way to get out of jury duty that, that's pro- yeah. the guy probably hasn't he's 66 i don't know if he had the like was he big with the internet he was already in his 40s when that came out maybe he's like must have been a pretty big i deal. know but like to be like well i'd be replaying it over and over <laughs> in front of like that person, in front of the person yeah and like he's like staring parents, at her like, hard not to be like are you getting off on this you creep well but you are probably gonna not have to be on the case he's yeah he's like yeah. he's like i've got work I, this I dude wants to go home he just wants to go home i'm just gonna sound like a complete lunatic see like even before he went to the the trial he's like was she the one who had that that their uh sex tape i'll use that to get out of jury duty <laughs> all right I, I, I really made Mary's day with this one uh models show off her injuries after fighting rival only star <laughs> <laughs> Two OnlyFans models were captured in a heated exchange this weekend after appearing at the same nightclub. The tense fight broke out between Chelsea FC fan uh, Astrid Wett. That's her actual name. Astrid Wett with two T's. Two T's. Similar, just like Brett. With two T's. <laughs> yes, exactly. Not Brent, as somebody said last Brent. night uh, on the show. There's no N in my name. And the Man City supporter, L Brooks. The now-deleted clip on TikTok where the pair were seen shouting abuse at each other while uh, while startling bystanders tried to separate them. The best part is they're both e- 
like accusing each other of being fake fans of football, mm-hmm. uh, soccer. If you're if you're here in America, and that's what it comes down to. It's it's kind of like when you go into like a comic shop and somebody says, "Oh, oh, I love that character." Like, "Oh yeah, name three of their name three of their villains." Uh, it, it's like, "Oh yeah, you think you like football? You never even go to the games. You're totally uh, you're totally a, a poser." So it's, it just talks about them. It says, taking to Twitter, Wet shared a photo of her neck, which appeared to have been scratched alongside the caption. For everyone who's sending me this fight video, she threw a drink all over, over me and scratched my neck up. That's why I reacted other, like this. And then the other girl responds later, what a waste of a vodka cranberry. Yep, which is a very snarky response. I'm, I'm here I for I think it. she might be winning this fight, even if she maybe lost in person. Who knows? I, I agree. So it's Loved a, that part. The, the fight is seemingly the latest incident between the pair that has played out on social media. Yeah, what previously tweeted at, at Brooke, alleging she doesn't attend any of Manchester City's games. Least I actually go to the games, you slag. <laughs> I want to see the video of this. Their <laughs> accents are so funny. Brooke's respo- uh, Brooke responded with a picture of her at, at the, I don't know how to pronounce that, at Ahad Stadium, with her middle finger raised, which came after a flurry of tweets bashing Chelsea Football Club who wet who wet support. So, you know, it's a big deal out there. Like that that would be like a, a Yankees Boston, yeah. it would be like the Yankees versus the the Boston Red Sox here, I guess. Yeah, it's a uh, huge rivalry. Uh it says Brooke added the friendly fire will not be tolerated alleging wet doesn't attend the games either. So they both accuse the other of being fake fans. I love it. I'm here for it. Uh, it says, I also love that, like, uh, you can, you're now a model if you're on OnlyFans. It's kind of like... Uh, it, yeah, it's that's, that's too charitable of a term. It's a very charitable term for such a thing. Uh, but they, they talk about how, like, uh, Kelsey Johnson from Throw Scotland splashed out on a series of luxury items. They're, they're talking about, uh, a, like, it's got nothing to do with this article, but it says, last week, an OnlyFans model revealed she spent 500,000 pounds, is that pounds, yeah, pounds. right? Uh, in just one day, which has nothing to do with this article, but maybe they needed, like, a, another paragraph and they couldn't really something related to, to only to you, fans. like how influential only fans is like okay. that's how much money she is getting from wait being are these OnlyFans. girls british or scottish one is scottish and one is british but that's all part of the united kingdom this is why i need to see a video of the fight because that's hilarious so you can hear their what they're saying their crazy the accents uh I just uh, I thought this was a great way to end it because it was just like imagine like, it's like when we, we talk about the oh, um, I'm sorry no the third girl that they're mentioning which they really shouldn't bring up because it's kind of irrelevant but um, the five hundred thousand dollars one is Scottish. The other two seem like they're both British. Oh, okay. It, it reminds me of like that that saying about uh, like why rivalries at universities are so are so cutthroat because the stakes are so small. Uh, you know what what do you mean? Like, uh, like like when people fight at colleges, like when professors in fight within departments for funding and stuff like that, they fight with each other because the stakes are so small. Oh, it's like they okay. need something to fight are about. Are you saying the stakes between OnlyFans? models yeah. are so small that yeah. they like feel extra competition and rivalry see i feel like it's because their universe is so small like only mm. fan has i mean i think they're but it's supposedly democratic to the point where like anyone can can join and right make but a like fortune, whatever. If, if you know l brooke or whatever her name is like suddenly attracts more fans than what's her face then the other one loses revenue right so they have to like not which is a, though, which is a right? myth uh, that uh, that uh, maybe who knows I'm really not into the uh, economics I don't know of about that's it a, either that's a big uh, argument that comes up in comics all the time like where they're mad at uh, Boom Studios for doing like a, a comic with Keanu Reeves uh, even though the studio could afford to produce it themselves they basically use uh, Kickstarter as like a as like a pre-order platform right and people are like 
this platform is supposed to be for people who can't fund their own books and stuff like that. It's like their money made does not equal less money made for you. Yeah. That's not how this works. Yeah. So I, uh, that is, that it's might just a bigger pie. Exactly. Well, it, theoretically it puts more eyes on your stuff. If you like, cause when you, when you look up something on there, then you'll get like suggested stuff in the, in the sidebar. So if you were making something in the similar world, if you're making a comic and they're making a comic, theoretically you could see your name could then come up next to there in the suggested projects. Uh, tab okay. which means you're actually having more eyeballs on it so mm -hmm. it's uh it's just uh we live in a society of envy now that um not really the best way or maybe to be. they're just both loyal sports fans <laughs> and they really really wanted you to know that they in fact won't stand for you calling them fake that that could be it i i, I am happy to be proven wrong i'm happy to be proven wrong so yes hannah claire thank you so much Guys, thank you for having me. It's a blast as always. As always, it was a blast. Why don't you tell everyone where they can find you on social media? You can find me on Instagram at hannahclaire.b. You can find me on Gab at hannahclaireb. You can find me on Twitter at hcbrimlow. And you can find me, of course, on timcast.com. Click on the read tab. That was very smooth. Thanks. I'm finally getting the hang of that. <laughs> you got it. Good job. Mary, tell them where they can find you. You can find me on Instagram at CloserKitty and maybe TikTok someday, eventually. And now on TimCast.com yeah. writing articles. Yeah, look out for more. Yeah. All right, guys. You can follow me on Instagram at Brett Dasovic. Uh, for the show, go to the YouTube channel uh, at Pop Culture Crisis on YouTube. Like the videos, leave comments on the videos, subscribe to the channel. Uh, it means the world to us. We're like over 22 point something K. It's, it's, it's really awesome. Uh, we got some people mentioning us on IRL last night who, who left comments talking about it, uh, asking for stuff that they want to see. That, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, keep love. doing it. Keep giving feedback. We love the engagement. Um, also, we're on Amazon Music, Apple Podcast, and on Pandora. Spotify link is in the description box of all the YouTube videos. That is the best way to listen to the podcast start to finish. Uh, also, we're on social media. We are on uh, Twitter at popculture underscore show there. We're on Instagram at popculturecrisispod. And we are on Facebook and on TikTok at popculturecrisis. We will be back with another episode tomorrow. We'll see you then, guys. Bye. Bye.